Hello again, this is Noah and John. We are from Urban Digs, and today we are talking Manhattan. We're at Sotheby's. And Johnny, we got Dana Williams here. Looking forward to it. Dana's been, uh, you, you've got some experience, right? You've been here doing this for about a decade or so, at least. Yes. And um, you know what's happening. So, sort of, yeah. Let's dive in. We need to get that stuff out of your brain. Okay, <laughs> that's what we're going to sit down here and try to extract all those insights. Um, right. Let's start high level. Um, what, are you, what are you seeing out there right now? Uh, I'm seeing. It, the confusing part, Noah and John, what I appreciate appreciate about the both of you is you're so data-driven, but you know how segmented our market is. So I'm, yeah. what I'm seeing when I work with a buyer in Brooklyn is different than what I'm seeing with my two listings on Sutton Place. Mm-hmm. Right. Or when I had a listing in the West Village. All price points, all different kinds of buyers. Yeah. I mean, that's what makes our market difficult to yeah. make generalities about is because there's so many subsets. We have foreign buyers. We have first-time yep. buyers. Yeah. So. so let's try to touch on some of them. Let's like um, your Brooklyn buyers. Okay, what do you, is that market a little hotter than Manhattan right now? Interestingly, yes. And this was a first-time homeowner um, or a buyer. And for individual houses out there, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. They started close to Prospect Park. They moved further out to East Flatbush. Mm-hmm. Okay and the market's moving out and what they were able to get for what they were they were able to get when they were looking for apartments in new development yep. is incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now they're looking for like a single family or a multi family okay. house. Um, so that was impressive what they could get. What about in Manhattan? Let's go let's go across the uh, yeah. yeah, across the river. In Manhattan. Okay. So the West Village, I had a listing. It sold in a weekend. Okay. I, That's good. You priced it right. What I did there was I actually underpriced it a little bit. How were you able to do that? I had a great owner mm-hmm. who understood what I was trying to do. We had I had sixty five people at the open house. That's a terrific. We, sign. we talk about this all the time. There, yeah. There's this fallacy that if I don't test the market at a higher price, I am leaving money on the table, and I'm going to put myself in a situation where. I'm not going to get what I potentially could get if I went priced higher and negotiated down. Right. So, sorry to interrupt you. What continue with on 65 people and what happened? Over ask obviously bidding war? Yes. Okay. How many bids but did you get? The interesting thing about the bidding war is people were still only willing to go up so high. Uh-huh. 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 You know, uh, so they 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 got out. Okay. Um, some people so all right, so some people put bids in in the bidding war and then brought them back and then withdrew them. Withdrawn them. They didn't withdraw them. They just didn't go up higher. Uh-huh. They are also being right. uh, subjected to the news about how listings are only going up so high. But in the West Village, that's not the case. Right. If you really want it, you have to be in it. Right. Did um, this one West Village listing, did it trade over the asking price or no? Um, unfortunately, what happened with that is the seller actually had to back out. Okay. So we did really well with it. Uh-huh. It did trade over ask for sure. Uh-huh. Um, but it was a very interesting exercise in underpricing something in today's market. And what was that? What was the conclusion that you've learned from that experiment of it's underpricing? A great thing to do. Yeah. If you and can I do think it. People think yeah. they always have to overprice their property. 
because they feel like they're going to negotiate it down. Mm -hmm. But I think when you underprice it, you're getting more people to the list. And it's all about that. I mean, you're creating an urgency. And and you're getting that animalistic kind of urgency, that, 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 that animal inside of us. And when the buyers go out there... There's a herd-like mentality, right? We discussed this with um, yeah. Mughal, and there's a herd-like mentality. And when buyers go to those open houses and they see 30 other people there, 40 other people there, and then they go to seven other listings and it's dead, right? something triggers inside their brain. Maybe this thing has to Listen, the market works when buyers are competing with each other to, to, out, to outbid themselves. That's how it should work. And you can only – if you overprice it, you're going to get one buyer there and there's no competition. But so to your point, yeah. it's very hard to convince a seller. Yeah. To that's that. the thing, and because I was just, they're so nervous. And based on what's did, been happening in the yeah. last three years, you didn't have to do that. And did you have this conversation from the beginning, or did you work your way up to it? I mean, how does we it? didn't. It wasn't even much of a conversation. Mm-hmm. It was just sort of understood. Right. One of the questions you asked me to think about before talking today was, how do you get people to lower their price? Yeah. Um, how do you get sellers to lower their price? And I think you have to have a conversation with them from the very beginning. I It's like a, I have it now with every seller. Mm-hmm. In the first 30 days, you are going to know how well you price right. this property. Yeah. Um, it's enough make, time. And you make the adjustment. Mm-hmm. And if they fight me a little, I say, are you serious about selling? Mm-hmm. Um, because that's something you have to consider. I guess a lot of agents are just kind of scared to ask that kind of a question. I mean, I don't think it's really a rookie kind of uh, agent question to ask. It's like more of an experienced season with the confidence, an agent with confidence walking in there and being like, listen, I don't want to waste my time here. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste your time. But I don't think yeah. you, most importantly, you don't want to waste the seller's time. Yeah. Because having to get ready mm-hmm. for an open house every Sunday yeah. isn't a fun thing for people to do. So it's invasive. It yeah. is. So I think that you really find out the seriousness. So So what um, what about but um, one of the things yeah. just I want to say to both of you. Oh. You know what I love about Urban Digs? Okay, shameless that, plug. <laughs> it's it it's, I love you guys because what you do take into account in your website is we are very numbers driven. A lot of people like to be numbers driven, but there are so many nuances yeah. that you account for on your website when you're doing comps. Yeah. Does it have this? Is it renovated? And yeah, the you, adjustments tool. Exactly. Yeah. And you gave me a comp for someone. You helped. You worked with me on a comp for someone. It was a tough comp in Tribeca, mm-hmm. and the price that you said is the price that it is at now. But it took the seller. To get there, it's taken a year yeah, for them to I, get I'm there. I'm telling you, man, we, this system's not crazy. The system works. It works and when you listen to it. put the price on at the price uh, that you had said to them. It would have traded. Yeah. Potentially it would have traded. I don't know for sure. Yeah, we can't know But for they sure. wouldn't have wasted all that time. Yeah, that's the key. You know, it's all about turning data into a conversation. And right. it's about, look, I built Urban Digs because I couldn't answer these questions myself. And I was an agent back in 2005, 2006, and I'm like, what the hell is going on with the market? Because you're right. It's a fragmented market. Every building is its own marketplace. Every single building is its own. And there's so many variables. You go outside that building, you're introducing a dozen variables between the two buildings that nobody knows how to quantify for. So the fact that it's just every neighborhood, every price point, every property type, resale versus new dev, and then you get so granular. Third floor versus third third floor. floor, 12th floor, balconies, and then you get to the point where it's like, all right, wait a second, 
Now I got to focus in the building and the yeah. building, I mean, look, we only have the data that we have and some buildings don't have a lot of data. And when there's not a lot of data, it creates uncertainty and confusion. You know, and I think that's what's going on right now with the buyers. I think there's, there's a cloud of uncertainty over the buy side for various reasons and I think they're just being less aggressive. Right. I mean, would you agree with that? I would, but I want to go back to this for a second. Um, uh, some of the phenomenon I've been seeing is uh, I didn't get this particular listing because I didn't price it at what the seller wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. Now they're on their second broker. Yeah. So I just yeah. need yeah. to come back to that. Well, and, and we've had a number of brokers tell us in recently that they would rather be the second or third broker than the, they don't want to be the first seller broker now. They well, you know what? They, they've been let the seller they're, they're have to pay. Realistic. Yeah. Yeah. When you've been down the road and you've been through it before and you know how much time and effort goes into a listing um, and servicing the listing properly and some agents do spend a lot of money above and beyond just the basics to actually both you know beef up their services offered to get their um, closing rate up mm -hmm. and they'll you know they'll stage apartments and they'll bring cleaners in and they'll bring painters in some people will do this kind of stuff. Um, it also makes it hard for a seller to plan their next step. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, just asking the seller outright, listen, are you, are you serious about selling this property? Or are you just looking to test the market and see what kind of price are you going to get? I mean, it's, it's, it's their body language will tell you the answer even before they verbally get anything out. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and it's more about too, this is another thing. I always think I'm a really good listener, but you're constantly challenged because there's a lot of things even buyers say to you mm -hmm. where you have to yeah. read between the lines. So I think that's one of the best attributes of a good broker is right. that they're listening. Yeah. And a yeah. seasoned broker can really pick up on things that the buyer may be saying one thing to you, yeah. but they can sense something else right. if you're a seasoned For instance, broker. when they say Upper East Side, they really mean Upper West Side. <laughs> and when they say Co-op, they secretly mean condo. Or, you know, I've had buyers that were absolutely adamant that they wanted to stay in Manhattan, but I them over to Williamsburg. Right, right. When Williamsburg, before it hit that boom, yeah. and now they are thanking me so much. And they're much. very happy. I mean, and very not only happy. that, add the complexity of so many personality types and situation types. Every yes. personality is different. And a seasoned broker will recognize there are some personalities where you got to give them updates all the time. And if they don't hear constant updates, they will just get nervous. And they're going to yes. get nervous, they're going to get uncertain, and they're not going to want to... And then there's other people that just don't want you to... Just, just send me when something's pertinent. Don't bother me at exactly. all. You know, but that happened to me too. I have to remind myself to stay open-minded because, with these first, first-time home buyers that were buying out in Brooklyn, they said they absolutely wanted a house, and I'm right. like, oh, no way with your budget. <laughs> and then lesson learned on me. They got it. Oh, that's you know, great. They got a house. Well, they had so, a good broker, too. So you have to be very yeah. flexible and open-minded. And Can I just dive into that for a second? So uh -huh. a lot of times when people buy a co-op or a condo here, and this, we've talked about this in previous episodes, and I don't want to get too deep in the, the no, woods here. No, you've had some but, really uh, great episodes before, so... They have been, right? Thank you. They have been. I think but you guys should do a round table with brokers. We're, we're going to we're do going something. To. I yeah. think yeah. you really should. But I'd like to talk about, so most of the time in Manhattan, no one has an inspection. It's a walkthrough, and mm -hmm. that's, that's good enough. And I'd like to hear about the process of buying a Brooklyn townhome. I imagine there was an inspection, and I'm curious to see what they found and how that affected the closing. Definitely. It was actually the first time I used this particular inspector, and she was wonderful because she really walked this first time home buyer through the entire process. Be aware of this, this is what you're going to need mm -hmm. to do. Um, you know, I think if you've done your due diligence on the property, 
and you've done your your proper research, mm -hmm. there shouldn't be too many things that come up in an inspection. Mm -hmm. um, particularly in houses, there are some obvious things. Right. There's a lot of people who are buying houses from owners and refurbishing them, turning them around a year, mm -hmm. in a year. Mm -hmm. And you can tell the difference between right. The different people who are developing those properties. Yeah, yeah. But can the, I don't know if the buyers can tell the difference. Is that something an agent has to point out? Like I, you see these floors sagging in the attic, like in the basement. That's a that's a bad sign. You would be surprised sign. how much buyers pick up on. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, when you're invested in it, you just you know you tend to take a look at what's going on there. I mean, look with inspections. I mean, let's just go to Manhattan for a second. When you have a co-op right. and your condo and you have, especially a, a bigger co-op and you have a condo to scale, you got a lot of units in there. I mean, if you have a co-op or a condo, that's you know four floors high and under eight units. I mean, yeah, you got to see what's up there. Um, but outside of that, with inspections, they're going to give you shelf life answers, right? They're going to look at the mechanicals, the roof, the, the boiler, whatever, and say, this is going to be 10 years, this will be five years needed to roof. But when they go in the apartment, they can't poke and prod through the walls and see beneath things. And I keep telling people that the reason it's, it's it, the full job of an inspector um, that they do on a house in Brooklyn is very, very different than how they do it in a co-op or condo right. because inside the walls are the pipes going vertical in the building and that's a building maintenance thing, right? The maintenance you're paying is the building yes. material. So if something happens inside the walls, it's a building thing. It's part of your maintenance. Now, inspectors will always tell you, you know, no, you're totally wrong and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, you 100% need inspections. I'm just simply saying why it's not really commonplace with co-op, taller co-op condos and bigger buildings in Manhattan. It's more really for right. those, those smaller scale buildings and houses, et cetera. Yeah. But, but Danny, you also mentioned doing your homework and that's something that echoes what Jamie Heiberger said on our podcast, which is mm -hmm. as a broker on the buy side or the sell side, you got to do your homework. Go to the DOB, go to the ECB, see, see what violations are on the building, see what for a unit, for a building. I mean, there's so much public information out there exactly. which can avoid, especially in a contentious market like this where buyers are looking for any reason to pause. You can yeah. definitely find Get, out about violations, yeah. a lot of different things. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a task, but sometimes it's actually easier uh, with a house than it is with condo mm -hmm. which I have had people do inspections with or yeah, with development yeah um, and there are things that don't show up until someone has actually lived there for a while right so, right in which case the inspection didn't really kind of help right what about let's shift the sell side really quick you got a couple of listings yes okay what could you just speak to what uh, what are you seeing on the sell side like I mean besides the one that the West Village one that, that had a good trade-off mm -hmm. um, are your other listings moving? There's been a lot of interest. What, what I'm finding out with buyers in general in a certain price range is they're kind of kicking the tires. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily committing. Um, they're because of the uncertainty that's out there right now, mm -hmm. you would it's kind of counterintuitive intuitive because the interest rates are so low. Right. I mean, yeah. I've heard- And the markets are up. Exactly, yeah. and I've learned about like 2.75 now being- Yeah. And, yeah. Everyone should be refinancing, by the way, right now. That's a huge no one, part No of one the talks back. about it. They talk about it when it goes up. And they're talking about how the rate just went up, you know, 50 basis points, and now that the prices mm -hmm. should go down. But mm -hmm. when it drops 50 basis points, they don't really say... Yeah, well, we had two yeah. big drops this past spring in the interest yeah. rates that were pretty startling. I don't know so, if people know, are broadly aware of how low rates are right now. It's incredible. And the, well, the, the other interesting thing is the variety of mortgage projects out there I is was just, just gonna say exponential that, versus yeah. five, six years ago. Is that a cause for concern? I don't know. I think Good they're question. trying to make it, I don't know, but mm -hmm. I thought about that because out in Brooklyn, 
I had heard about mortgages, you can put down as little as 3.5%, yes, yeah, which that kind always of stuff, makes me nervous. That's a worry. That, that brings yeah. me back to when it was in the 2000s, you know, yeah. when people weren't employed. Yeah, the ninja loans. Zero uh, percent yeah. down. However, now I do think banks are requiring employment, yeah. unlike that time. Yeah. Um, as I recall, anyway. And yeah, no, they are. Credit, credit worthiness. Mm -hmm. um, Underwriting standards have 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 definitely changed since since that credit crisis. And exactly. I mean things. I mean, and they're also look the Fed's constantly looking at this kind of stuff to make sure the bank's balance sheets. It's right. not getting into what happened there. I mean, that was just like a once in a. Um, a lifetime type of thing. You're probably not going to see something like that for another hopefully, 30 hopefully to 50 not. years. Hopefully not. Hopefully yeah. they learn. Hopefully. Well, speaking but of, oh, sorry, go ahead. I, and another product that I encountered, which I had never really done investigating on, but that's because you're wanting to save with the new tax laws. Mm -hmm. You're wanting to offset um, savings from yep. closing. So the SEMA. Yeah, the uh, SEMA. Yeah. The SEMA is sort of a new product that it, at least it's showing up in Brooklyn a little bit more. I don't know if it's so much in Manhattan where you're assuming the uh, mortgage, the current mortgage, you're mm -hmm. taking that over mm -hmm. and you're not having to pay as much in taxes. Yeah. Uh, because there's only, no transfer. You're paying right. only the difference in what the new mortgage is from what the old mortgage is. Right. And that's something that, I mean, has to align with what the seller's doing and everything, right? I mean, mm -hmm. our sellers, I always thought sellers were kind of weary that they're getting kind of screwed with that kind of an arrangement. When the, when the buyer comes to them and they're like, hey, listen, you know, I right. will assume your mortgage and we'll do all this. But for a new developer? Who oh, may not be moving their different. units? Yeah, totally They might different. be willing to do it, um, and it's funny. I we didn't. I have encountered developers all over the city. I've been showing buyers new development, particularly uptown, like yeah. around Second Avenue Subway. What like the Kent up there, like Ninety Sixth Street, or they talk about the Three Sixty East, yeah. Eighty Eighth, and there's yeah. also the one on Eighty Seventh and Third. There's a few yeah. in places that five years ago you never would have thought. The Hayworth, whatever it is, on Eighty Sixth. Yeah. Are you so, bidding for? Have you been bidding recently for new developments, or have you any yeah, buyers? We've actually kind of backed away with a couple of buyers because we feel that the developer should be making uh, having more incentive right you know willing to negotiate well we're it. hearing from other people that developers are doing deals 12 between 10 and 15 percent around 12 percent down from their last asking price and but their I'm, mentality yeah. is still the old right as if it was three years ago and I was saying look you have to work with us on these right and, and I wonder so if that's developer, away. if it's developer specific, if there's some developers that are just not. I think of, there. I think it is. Yeah, I think we it saw is something, something yeah. in Bushwick. Yeah. where the developer was right on off the table. Yeah, you know, closing costs. Yeah, yeah I'll give you a car. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Or is it worse than new development where they're giving like the ride membership? To space? Right, right, yeah. the ride oh, to space. Yeah. yeah. No, that's crazy. I would like to ride this. That would, that would be cool. Oh, well, well that's yeah. where you and I are different. But I just want to ask you one question, just going back to the co-op sales. Mm -hmm. I know you had some listings in Sutton Place, and it's, mm -hmm. that's a tough sell for many reasons. But I think one of the main ones is a lot of these buildings are 50% down. Are you seeing any shift in how co-op boards are looking at potential buyers in light of the fact that Brooklyn's exploding, condo market's exploding, and their sector is just not as in demand as it was 20, 30 years ago. Or maybe the board's getting a little younger and they're changing policies or something like that. Maybe it was an older school kind of board. Anything. Maybe someone on the board got an email and they're like, this is awesome. No. So you, there's no video here. They can't see what you're doing. For the record, she's shaking her head no. Um, <laughs> you said no video, so there's no video. All right, all right. So so that's no, not happening. I've not seen that. But, you know, I don't 
blame them either. They're trying to protect their building. They want financially, mm-hmm. um, they, they want people who are financially yeah, set. They want a certain so, type of buyer. I mean, that's the beauty of being a co-op is you're a private corporation. You do your own rules. It's just, it tends to be, I think it's going to be fading over time only because I think at some point, I think a younger generation will get on that board and I think that they're going to realize, okay, if we loosen that requirement of 50% down to maybe 30% down, say, mm-hmm. it's still a little higher, right? But it's not so high. We could attract X amount of more buyers and the, right. the return to value. The buyer pool, just, the buyer pool increases. The, 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 the lenders are more willing to lend on it. And the, it, it could extract um, unlocked value in the value of this equity. Um, and it's, it's for the benefit of the shareholders. Don't you think they're sort of counting on cash buyers too? I think yeah. especially a lot of the buildings that where yeah. there's that fifty yeah. percent down, it's the Upper East Side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where the Fifth the, Madison. I mean, yeah. And, and if you look at a lot of pay packages lately, I mean, the pay packages recently are more structured in terms of equity and distributions. It's not, you know, uh, it's not cash. You know, here's your big giant bonus check anymore. The financial sector that's is hurting. It's a lot of tech, so you you get the stock options. Yeah. Um, they don't vest for five years, so. You have a lot of wealth, but it's not exactly liquid just yet. So, what may be putting pressure on it is I feel like we're in this uh, storm going on. The yeah. laws are changing. Yeah. You know, the capital gains tax, that's going to be interesting to see mm-hmm. how that happens. I mean, yeah. for a $2 million property, 5000 has just been added on to um, capital gains mm-hmm. because of the increase. Um, yeah. The tax laws. Yeah. Had an instant effect. The yeah. salt deductions. Of yeah. course, it's, it's, it's just uncertainty keeps buyers from pulling the trigger. And that's exactly what's going on. There's a cloud of uncertainty. This, 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 and buyers just can't get out from under it. You know. Right. The good thing that I'm seeing, though, that this market seems to be doing is buildings are beginning to upgrade the hallways. The mm-hmm. and if they're smart, they're they're making sure to do that, particularly some of those on the upper east side. Hey, refinance, yeah. take advantage of low rates, get those debt, debt loads different and take that extra money, cash out a little line of credit and, and up, upgrade the building. And don't do, an, don't do an assessment. There, done. I said it. All right. <laughs> Listen, we're, we're winding down here. We're okay. at the end of the segment. So let's just do final thoughts really quickly. And thank you for the time today. Final thoughts for buyers, um, sellers, and agents. You can be really quick. For buyers, what would you tell buyers right now and today? Take advantage of this interest rate. It's an incredible interest rate that's going on. Okay. Um, I think it's unique that we're back here again at these low interest rates. Okay, so financing options are in your benefit. But make sure you get a good deal. Right, um, which they probably are. You know, They may think in their head that they can get a better deal down the road, but nobody really knows that. But chances are whatever deal you're getting today is probably a pretty good deal, as long as you got the comps to prove it. Exactly. Um, sellers, what do you tell sellers? Listen to the market. Mm-hmm. If you're not, if your property isn't moving, there's something that you have to adjust. And you said four weeks earlier in the podcast. Is that like your kind of threshold? It is. That's mm-hmm. a big indicator, but not always rule of thumb. Some right. some have lingered for three months, and then all of a sudden you have two two buyers for it. Right. It's timing. Okay. For um, agents. For agents, yeah. What what would you tell agents? I think the fundamental thing is go with the flow. Mm-hmm. All the technological differences. I had a big game changer, which was my newsletter. Mm-hmm. Now people don't open their emails anymore. So you're constantly having to gauge what you do to market yourself, mm-hmm. but then also listen to your sellers and your buyers. Okay, listen and and it sounds like generate content 
through and, and market yourself, right? Go with the times, constantly evolve. Constantly evolve, great stuff. Dana Williams, thank you very much. We are at Sotheby's, this is Noah, this is John. We are from Urban Digs, we are talking Manhattan. We'll catch you next time.